Well, hey there, everybody. I see you wandered in here for Christmas time, and it, it is. It's Christmas time. Here's the Piggly Dog. And welcome to Piggly Dog's Christmas Extravaganza! Starring Chuck. Hey. Emmett. Hi. Meat Man. Hey. Jehoshaphat. Hi. Not including Edna. But also starring Aldo B. Martin from the Reclamation Podcast. Chat Smash. Zach Deuce, Dre from the Tattoo Squid Podcast, Steve from the Break On Through Podcast, Ian Crawford, Garrett from the Ever Trending Story Podcast, Kelly Madden from Drunk Theory, and Dudes and Long Flannel Shirts Podcast. We hope you enjoy this extravaganza. Oh, the weather outside is cold as hell, but inside it's warm as ever. And since we've no place to go, let us snow, let us snow, let us snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. We got food here, so let's get it popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let us snow, let us snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, I don't want to go back out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, let us snow, let us snow, let us snow. The fire is slowly dying, and girl, we're still goodbying. But as long as you love me so, let us snow, let us snow, let us snow. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Well, folks, we are glad that you're here to enjoy our extravaganza here at the Piggly Dog, and and you it know is snowing uh, it is crazy snowing outside. I can't open the door. I can't believe you even made it here for our Christmas special, but it's it's so much snow outside. Uh, but you know what? Edna must be on that tour bus somewhere near Florida by now because she got back on it. Yeah, she's not here any in here yet or anymore. I don't know what she's did. She something about during, during something about going to uh, with Dyer straight somewhere and then possibly hopping on a uh, another bus for the with a flock of seagulls and and i don't know what's going on but she's not here with us during this christmas season which makes me sad that she, it, it doesn't i mean if i knew where she was i, I would send a christmas present to her because that's that's exactly what i want to do i want to make sure she knows that she is still loved she's not loved here at the pickly dog but anyway um so the snow the snow is crazy i i mean you we, know we could build snowman we could what kind of snowman? Like, like snowman. I like snowman. You know, when I used to live upstate New York and in the city, it would snow from time to time, and we would. It's we, Christmas uh, time in the city. Yeah. We, we, so what would we do? Is we, we were in Brooklyn. We would, we would take the snow and roll it up, and it'd be dirty. I mean, it would look like toilet water. And then we would roll it up and then stack it on top. And then we would try our best to do what, like, Frosty, you know? Have you ever heard of the story of Frosty? We used to do it like that. I don't, I don't remember the story of Frosty. I mean, it, it kind of sits in the back of my head because I try to forget Frosty, Christmas when it's not. Frosty, the snowman! 
you don't even know the, the story. You just know the song. Maybe we should listen to the story for. Hey, look, we got we got something to listen to. It's the story of Frosty. Let, let, let's take a listen. Hello, everyone out there, and welcome to Chat Smash's Stories of Christmas. And we're going to tell you the story of Frosty, the Snowman. Well, Frosty the Snowman was a jolly, happy soul with a corn pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Damn, a button nose? That's, that's was it like a button? Apparently so. Geezer had a button on his face. Like a coat button. Goated. So corn corn pipe. Well, Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. Who's they? He was made of snow. Yeah, who is they? Hang on, yeah, who is they? Is it like the they children? Say. The adults? They. Who is they? Are they, they. Are they listening right now? Well, so why is he, sm- why is he smoking a corncob pipe? He's a snowman. He'll melt. Well, he was made of snow. That doesn't change anything. But the children know how he came to life that day. Mm, how? Oh, no. Well, there must have been some magic in that old top hat they found. For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Oh. Give me the hat. Yeah, how much? Yeah, actually, how much is the hat? Good point. Oh, Frosty the Snowman was alive as he could be. And the children say he could laugh and play just the same as you and me. Does he have arteries? Does he have a podcast? Is it called Chat? <laughs> yeah, truth. Does he own a podcast? Well, Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corn pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Linking back to the same question, he, he's a snowman. Hold on. So the bad kids on Christmas get snowman eyes. That's kind of... Yeah, actually, that's a true point. That's, that's kind of a dark turn. <laughs> well, Frosty the Snowman knew the sun was hot that day. Rip and he said, <laughs> let's run and have some fun now before I melt away. Oh, my guy knew it. My I'm going to die. That was <laughs> <a bit. laughs> that's it. He walks out. He's like, all right, children, I'm going to die. Let's run around for a bit. My guy's into that philosophy type beat. <laughs> my guy doing the thinker snowman. My man's be doing the to be or not to be. And my guy snowman go, go thinker mega brainy type beat. And my guy's on that thinker mega brainy type beat. Well, Frosty the snowman had to hurry on his way. But he waved goodbye saying, don't you cry. I'll be back again someday. He never came back. <laughs> Did he not? No, he didn't even pay child support. That's it, geezer's a puddle. Honestly. And even if he's a snow, they're sure he's scattered around everywhere now. Exactly, it's no joke. I'll, I'll pay for. I'll pay top dollar for one piece of Frosty the Snowman. Well, have a happy Christmas, everyone out there. I hope you get coal. Hope you get everything you want. And snowman eyes. And a machine gun. And, whoop, bruh. and listen to Chat Smash. Yeah. Goodbye. Hello. Bye. Hi. Hug. I love that story. Whoever thought that a snowman could come to life, you know? I wish, Me. I wish that I could have a hat just like that. So I'm I, not an 
idiot. Well, I wish I could have a hat like that, Emmett, because if I went over to the, the deli section, I could take this loaf of ham or bologna or whatever else, a turkey, and shove it in the hat, and it would pop back up as a brand new turkey or a pig or, or even, um, I guess, bologna might be a cat. I don't know. But um, it would be a brand new thing. No. That sounds gross, Meat Man. You would actually want a brand new animal out of that i mean i don't i don't understand yeah, it'd be great you know because then we wouldn't have to worry about eating them because then you could eat them and then throw them back in the hat but i guess a half an animal will come back if you eat a half a loaf of ham or something i don't know Ew. anyway um so meat man do you have any christmas traditions that you used to have you know like when you were living with your family i know that they're not i got one well what is that emmett we used to throw stuff in our parents. Yeah, that's not a good... Uh, we throw axes and stuff at our parents. Let's let's not throw axes at this time of year. That's not a fun thing to do. Uh, but, Meat Man, do you have anything? Oh, yeah. I remember. Me and, my, me and my cousin Tommy, we used to make sure that we lit the Yule Log Vinny. for our family. Uh, well, see, Vinny was there, too, but me and Tommy were responsible for making sure the Yule Log got lit. So what, did, what exactly did you do, Meat Man? Well, see, we would go to the toilet, right? And we would take the water, empty the water out, and put kerosene in there. And then somebody would have to take a wicked crap inside of there, and then we'd have to light it on fire. And it was called the Eternal Yule Log. And everybody would have to go and get warmed by it and everything. Now, you're taking... You, n- no, that is not that is not how the Yule Log is not is supposed to be. That's how, that's how my family did it. That was our Yule Log. I mean, it sat there and burned for like 20 days. And then somebody had to bring a fire extinguisher out and then blow it off. I mean, you know, it it did explode from time to time. <laughs> hey, man, I'll tell you what. Over here on, on, on PBS, there's a special going on right now about the Yule Log. And I want you to sit down and we're go- we're all going to sit down <laughs> and watch the special of the Yule Log. Come on, get close. Get, okay, now, all right, now just see here. No! All right, here it is. I'm turning it on now. We're watch- oh, there it is. It's on TV. Now, here it is. The special on the Yule Log. Uh. Salutations. My name is Zach Deuce, and today we will talk about the history of the Yule Log. What is the Yule Log? Well, first, the word Yule derives itself from the winter solstice festivals of followers of Old Norse and related Germanic pagan religions. They're celebrated generally across much of Northern Europe, dating back to pre-Christian times. Initially, the Yule Log was the trunk of a tree that played an integral part of the winter solstice celebrations. The Yule Log burning tradition involves bringing a Yule Log into a home and placing the large end inside the fireplace to feed a fire that would last throughout the 12 days of Christmas. Lighting the Yule Log was a symbol of the sun's return after the winter solstice. Families believed that the log would protect their home from fire and lightning, In some cultures, families kept the remaining burned log underneath the homeowner's bed. Families used the log from previous years to light the new one, and once lit, the log had to burn for 12 days. Now, burning the Yule log accumulated many rituals, which varied from culture to culture throughout Europe. However, you had to source a Yule log yourself. Buying a Yule log was unlucky. In many cases, sourcing a Yule log was a family tradition. 
The origins and history of the Yule Log, according to Sir James G. Frazier, author of The Golden Bow from 1890, he believed that burning the Yule Log originated in early Northern European beliefs from the 4th century and drew a parallel between the oak tree and the god of thunder. Others believe that the Yule Log had a purely practical origin. To survive the Northern European cold, families dragged large logs into their home and kept them burning for days. Over time, different variations of the Yule Log burning developed throughout Europe in countries such as England, France, and among the South Slavs of Eastern Europe, their tradition flourished. In some countries, burning the Yule Log remains a solemn occasion up until today. In many other households, rituals such as lighting large candles, maybe a log candle holder, take place of the Yule Log, but without the beliefs that surround the custom. Today, burning the Yule Log is mostly an outdated custom, especially here in America. Modern homes don't all have fireplaces, and finding logs can be challenging, especially for those that live in metropolitan areas. In short, we can't just go out back, chop down a tree, and shove it in our hearth. Unless you're into that type of thing. Some people are. Napoleon Bonaparte also played a role in the decline of the Yule Log. During the early 1800s, Napoleon noticed that burning logs indoors made people ill, and he objected to the custom. The French responded with the Bouche de Noël, a pastry shaped like a Yule Log. The Bouche de Noël, the Christmas log, is an edible Yule Log, traditional French dessert that follows the main Christmas dinner, dishes a roll of sponge cake and cream layers with a coffee buttercream or chocolate covering. Bouche de Noël is popular worldwide, especially in France, Switzerland, and Belgium. More recently, Bouche de Noël has gained popularity here in the United States as well. Different variations of the Christmas logs exist, but they all have a long, cylindrical profile that resembles a log. Another more modern-day version is the wooden Yule Log, which many people can watch on their televisions or computers. Back in 1966, New York City television station WPIX began airing a television show simply called The Yule Log. The show was a film loop of a Yule Log burning in a fireplace while Christmas classic tunes played in the background. Most people that live in cities don't have fireplaces to create a wonderful ambient holiday atmosphere, so this show solved the problem. The Yule Log was highly successful and aired every Christmas on WPIX until 1989. Today, people can purchase digital software for your computer. You can also cast onto your TV screen or play a loop of Yule Log YouTube videos, all which show logs burning in a fireplace, complete with sound effects. Some of my personal favorites that I enjoy watching are Happy the Cat and Happy the Dog on the Hallmark Movie Channel, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I also enjoy Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec sitting with a fireplace, a Yule Log, and some scotch, quietly looking in my general direction, and also Darth Vader Yule Log. You get all the audio pleasure of a nice, quiet, crackling fire with the visual pleasure of watching the very embodiment of the dark side burn. Maybe this year, you can find a way to incorporate a Yule Log into your family tradition. Whether you go out back, chop down an entire tree to shove in your hearth and burn for 12 days, Insert an entire bouche de Noël down your gullet while frantically wrapping the presents, hoping that you get them done before the kids wake up or you crash down from your sugar high. Or you pour yourself a glass of bourbon, turn on the Eye of Sauron Yule Log, and let it burn for five hours. Whatever you decide to do, please have yourself a merry little Christmas. My name is Zach Deuce, and thank you for joining me on the History 
of the Yule Log. See, none of that makes any sense of how that Yule Log works, because... I gotta go poop. I told you exactly how my Yule Log works, and if you want to, I actually left a Yule Log inside the toilet over there at the, you know, right behind the deli. N no, me, man, I don't want to see your Yule Log. I really don't. But if you want to do what um, we just heard as, far as a Yule Log, then that's fine. Uh, but um, I have noticed that we haven't decorated the Christmas tree yet. A Emmett, what do you think we could do with the, the Christmas tree? I know we got a whole bunch of dinny cans below there. Just Shove kind of it in the toilet. We're meat man jewelry. No, we're not doing that. We're, we need to decorate a Christmas tree. Um, looks like we have uh, looks like we have some broken ornaments over there on aisle three that we've been trying to sell for a week now. Nobody's gotten. Uh, we'll just go ahead and grab those. Uh, no! Be very careful when you're no! doing that because you might cut your hand. Uh, not only that. No! I, you know what? It looks like not. It's nice that um, looks like Vinny has brought us a homemade star out of confiscated oink bark cards. Uh, <laughs> it looks like these are the ones that are uh, imitation oink bark cards that he's made into a star. Now, isn't that special right there? It's like look, yes. this one. This one's somebody's driver's license on there. You can see it just on the side. It says. Um, uh, McLovin. Uh, so, but uh, anyway, uh, so we're gonna put that on top here. Uh, you know what? Sometimes it makes me wonder. Doesn't it make you wonder where the Christmas tree came from? No. Uh, you just have no wonder in your life anymore, Emmon, huh? I haven't had it one since I was two. Well, I'll talk to your mama whenever we get back to where we're supposed to be, uh, and and make sure that she knows that you need a Christmas tree because I mean you've set plenty of fire outside her house, but um. But, um, that's just how it is, I guess. So, um, you know what? I think I have a record here on the origin of the Christmas tree. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place the needle on right here, and we're going to get it going. The origin of the Christmas tree. So, where do I begin? The Christmas tree or trees are decorated trees, usually with evergreen fir from Home Depot or a fig tree from Walmart. The trees would be decorated with roses, vanilla wafers, and sweet meat. What is sweet meat, you, you ask? Eh, who knows? Anyway, People in those days also used candles, which were changed for Christmas lights. You know, had to be. A star from the Hollywood Walk, Hollywood Walk of Fame would be placed on top of the tree. Yes, Hollywood was derived from those times. Edible items such as gingerbread, chocolate, which is always so good, and underwear. But aliens from a faraway planet called Christonia, which Christmas is celebrated every day over there. They were joyriding in their father's cut, father's cutlass, 
when they got hit by the Heatmeister and the Windmeister in their War of the Weathers and crashed near Santa's oh-so-humble abode and offered Santa some hallucinogenic trees in exchange for his sleigh, because we all know that the sleigh was run by magic. And dear, the end. You know, all this decorating of Christmas trees and everything has made me want to turn on the radio and kind of see what's going on. Exactly. I want to see what K101 adds on real quick because uh, I need a good Christmas song because I've got some some cooking to do. So I'm going to turn on K101 and see exactly what's going on. Hey, Johnny. Hey, go see if them boys are ready. Alright, yeah, let me go see uh, what's going on with them. Hey guys, what's going on? We gotta get out of here, they're looking for you. Oh, hey Johnny. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't know if we're gonna be able to go on. I hurt my hand again. But you was out there ghost hunting again, wasn't you? Yeah, me and Megan went out last night. We you know, we were looking... For the booze. For the booze. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Well, what are we going to do? We got to find somebody. I know what to do. We could call my cousin Marvin. He'll know exactly what to do. We just need to find somebody to break on through. Wink. A few moments later... Hey, Marvin. Yeah, it's Johnny down here at the school. Yeah, I'm all right. But your cousin, something messed up on his hand. Hey, we need you to do us a favor. We need you to find somebody to break on through. And we are still looking for acts down here at K101 for the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Uh, we, we just can't find the right people. Uh, we're really looking for somebody to break on through, as if you haven't heard. Uh, we need all those entries done by Christmas time. And this will be for the spring dance at the high school. So if you have any entries, or if you're a band looking for entry, please contact the Break On Through podcast or Steve at Mr. M-I-Z-T-E-R underscore M-I-S-F-I-T, Mr. Misfit. Uh, he will take all applications for the um, Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Uh, make sure that you contact him there directly. Um, and here we go. We're going to spin some more hits at K101, some more Christmas time favorites. Uh, just make sure that you get those bands in before Christmas.
Oh boy, I'll tell you what, can't we? Old McDonald had a farm. Okay, one has got some great Christmas hits going on there, and uh, I might have to sign up for that competition for the uh, the the dance. The dog. It's a dance. Anyway, me man, I didn't even know you could play an instrument. Of course I can. I play deli slicer. It, it makes all kinds of great sounds, especially <laughs> when you get a live animal. Shame. It's it's yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, aren't you supposed to be cooking something? Oh yeah, I got I got that, like a hundred pound goose up in the in the oven right now, and it's just a burning away. I'm <laughs> burning. What's that smell? <laughs> That's not burning. <laughs> it, it takes a long time to cook a hundred pound goose, but you know what? I have never ever cut up a goose for Christmas. <laughs> I, I mean, I've cooked them before. I mean, this one. I mean, this one got flattened outside of the piggly dog the other day by a truck. I think it was trying to fly back to Canada. Couldn't get up in the in the sky far enough, and and then pow, yeah. right on the ground. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, that sounds absolutely horrible, and it might be a little bit mushy, but um, you know what? Our, Yummy. I have like this this uh, this book right here. But it, it comes with a cassette with it. It tells you how to cut up a goose, and it, and I tell you what, why don't, why don't you go ahead and we're, we're gonna play that for you real quick, so you can know exactly what you need to do with that goose. Okay, Meat Man. Oh, that sounds okay. I mean, I've never it's done this before. Okay. So I'm gonna yeah. Let, let's listen to that cassette. How do? My name's Ian Crawford, and I'm talking to you live from Sheffield, England. That's in Great Britain, the United Kingdom. Anyway, wherever I am, I'm talking to you live from the steel and cutlery manufacturers, Allied Trades, Industries and Guilds Association, Sakmatiaga for short. I'm here to raise the profile of steel, share my passion for health and safety, in particular, the safe use of cutlery. Think once, think twice, think fork, spoon and knife. I want to talk to you about being safe at Christmas. Sure, you can be safe with your tinsel, you can be safe with your electrical fairy lights, but the most important thing you've got to be safe with is your cutlery. Now over here in the United Kingdom, Great Britain, England, wherever I am, when I mention cutlery, I mean the knife, the fork, the spoon. That's right, we're talking silverware, flatware, tableware or eating irons if you will. But nonetheless, the main cause of accidents at Christmas is at the Christmas table when carving and eating the goose. So let's go through the basics. Now just remember, when you are cooking your goose, please do take care. Tip number one, place that goose on a clean flat chopping board. Once it's fully cooked, make sure she's cooked right the way through. Nice and juicy, nice and tasty. You're going to cut through the skin between the leg and breast using the carving knife. If you're making notes, I'll slow down. Apply even pressure. Cut through the hip joint. Remove the entire leg. Next, pull the wing away from the main body. Please, if you're struggling to keep up, check the PDF fact sheet and it also has a drawing and diagram. Next, remove the breast meat 
meat, hold the goose near the breastbone and make a cut along one side of that there breast. Place a leg skin side down and cut through the joint between the drumstick. We're nearly there. Sit down, have a cup of tea, have a rest. Stand back up, remove the meat from the thigh by running the knife close to the bone and then, once removed, place it skin side up and transfer that to a serving platter. Ah, and wait for a round of applause as you take that to table, pass it round so everyone can get a slice or two. Woohoo, we're talking super juicy, super tasty, nicely carefully sliced goose. But your biggest danger now is the family using the knife and fork. Please remember if you get up and leave a fork uh, unattended, remember, don't be a clown, turn that fork down and if you are using a knife and fork for goodness sake make sure even if you're left-handed that you use your knife and fork properly remember backwards forwards nice and steady don't end up dead just like young eddie that's right unfortunately last year he wasn't really concentrating he was mucking about telling jokes pulling crackers not taking care with his steelware silverware flatware cutlery if you like unfortunately he slipped and he tripped and I'm afraid it was goodbye, Eddie. So, don't be like Eddie. And together, we can stay safe at Christmas. Think once, think twice, think fork, spoon and knife. Have a super Christmas, have a safe Christmas, but most of all, stay safe for your cutlery. From me, Ian Crawford, ho, ho, ho. Until next time, cheerio. Oh boy, this goose is gonna be great, but it smells so good. We gotta let it cool down a little bit, and, and I'm not sure exactly still how to cut this thing, but uh, you know what? Uh, I, let's just let it cool before we eat it. That sounds like a good idea, Meat Man, because you know what? What goes good for with goose, but other than candy canes? Candy canes are great this time of season. We actually have a deal on those at the Piggly Dog. If you come down this week and buy anything. I mean, anything, and spend over $100, guess what? The kids get candy canes for free, and we're going to make sure that they get the great ones. I'm talking about peppermint. We're talking about spearmint. We're talking about any toothpaste flavor you can think of because they're made out of toothpaste, and they're going to get your kids' teeth good and clean for the Christmas season. But it's also made me wonder, and it's made me wonder, what exactly or how exactly did the candy cane become a symbol oh, of I Christmas? Oh, I found this thing in the break room. You found that in the break room? On the wall. What? What is it? The legend of the candy cane poem. Look at the candy cane, what do you see? Stripes that are red like the blood shed for me. White is for my savior who's sinless and pure. The J is for Jesus, my Lord, that's for sure. Turn it around and a staff you will see. Jesus, my shepherd, was born for me. Wow. That's it. That's amazing. And you found that on the break room wall? It's very inspiring. It is very inspiring. And you know what? That is, I cannot believe that. That that sounds like a great story. And not only that, but we have other stories that people have um, left us here at the Piggly Dog. You know what? I tell you what, I can't wait for story time. So we're going to start off with story time right now. It was Christmas Eve, and Santa Claus had started on his way. He had everything packed and ready for the world 
on Christmas Day. He stopped by every house with gifts and toys for one and all, but one stop in particular was now his favorite to recall. Santa went down the chimney of the Richardson house that night, and once he reached the bottom, he was greeted with the most beautiful sight. A Christmas tree so full, so festive, and oh so bright. Ornaments of every size, and every color of twinkling light. Gorgeous glass bulbs hung from each limb. Candy canes and ribbons made this tree extra trim. The old elf was shocked at the care given to that tree. He knew he had to capture it for Mrs. Claus to see. He reached into his jacket and grabbed his camera phone and took a look around the house to make sure he was alone. He brought the tree into focus and got the angle just right. But when he took the picture, the whole room flashed with light. The room was lit up and it caused quite a stir, for the dog and the two cats started running around in a blur. Santa was usually great with pets, he was as quiet as a mouse. But on this night, the furry friends were making a mess of the house. The cats meowed with a fury, and the dogs barked so loud, Santa was sure that tonight was the night his secret would finally be found. Just then, he remembered what his wonderful wife had said. If animals ever get rowdy, give them this to calm their heads. He reached again in his pocket and pulled out some treats. He held them out, and they all stopped to eat. Wouldn't you know it, those cats and that dog laid down after their snack and started sawing logs. Oh, that wife of mine, she sure is the best. And with that, he put out the gifts under the tree with the rest. He filled their stockings as full as they'd get. He took a quick look, and the Richardsons were set. He got in that chimney and went up to his sleigh. And once he was settled, he texted Mrs. Claus right away. This beautiful tree I saw tonight reminded me of you. I had to share this photo, because a story just wouldn't do. It made for one crazy night, one that I'll never forget. But the beautiful tree was worth it, on that I can safely bet. Soon Santa was home safe and sound after his long night delivering toys. He greeted his bride with a hug and a kiss, and said, You are my ultimate joy. Wasn't that a wonderful story? Yeah! But you know what, there's, there's still more stories to be told. Another written. Yeah, there is. There's another written. There's another, another story. There really is another story. How? Because we have, like, these books that were dropped off with cassette tapes. We just, we're just playing these stories through. They're great stories and, and new Christmas hits, new Christmas favorites. So let's take a listen to this next story. Good afternoon, Piggly Dog Shoppers. This is Kelly, and I am here to entertain you this afternoon. I am going to be reading I Am Cindy Lou Who, based on Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I am Cindy Lou. I am a Who. I live in Whoville. 
I am too. All the Who's like Christmas a lot, but the Grinch on Mount Crumpet, he really does not. At Christmas time, my family loves to trim our Christmas tree. We hang wreaths for all to see. We wrap presents and every who knows, presents need boxes and ribbons and bows. I help in the kitchen, we bake cookies and cake. We share with our friends all the treats that we make. All over Whoville, bright colored lights sparkle on December nights. On Christmas day, we stand in a ring, we all hold hands and we sing, 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 sing. Being together is the best way I know to celebrate Christmas and make our hearts grow. So I hope you enjoyed that and Merry Christmas to you and your family. <laughs> the story. Why are you growling, you hypocrite? <laughs> the story makes me so sad because you guys has never thought of me as family here. I mean, You're that's such a, a dumbo. That little fat kid over there, he's more family than me. I, I am a family. This is, this is my friend Emmett right here. <laughs> I like to call him Uncle Chuck right here because he's my favorite. And I just love Christmas time. And I love just making sure everybody is just loving everything. It makes me think of this last Christmas. I gave you my fart, but the very next day, you ran all the way. Shut up, Joseph. Go, go. <laughs> Just get, get. Go, oh, my fatty. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take the spotlight. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's okay. But meet me. What, what is your problem? <laughs> you guys, you said you haven't called me family not one time, and that story made me think of family. And I don't I, care. How they would just surround it from Christmas time, and I just <laughs> want to be a part. My family. <laughs> my family's up in New York, and. <laughs> They don't even come. I mean, Vinny's out back, but he's sleeping in the dumpster right now. And he just <laughs> smells like turds. And <laughs> get somebody here. <laughs> Me, man. I'm going to let you in on a secret. You are a part of the Piggly Dog family. If you're part of the Piggly Dog family, then you're part of our family. Which means that not only you, but everyone that's out there listening to us right now is a part of our family, and especially during Christmas. <laughs> Do you mean it? No! Yes, we mean it. And you know what? To mean it even more, we want you to sit around with us, around this fire that we've ignited in the middle of the store for some reason. And we want you to listen to. It was the night before Christmas. So we can all get some rest here and make sure that we're asleep. Where did you come from? Santa Claus comes. What, what are you talking about, Emmett? I just kind of stroked out for a second. What happened? What did that person with, like, the soft voice up from? I don't know. I, I don't know if I just kind of, like, lost it or something. I don't know. I, I was feeling sentimental for the time. Apparently, when I get sentimental, I get all soft voicey. But we're going to listen to The Night Before Christmas now with our family right here. So sit back and enjoy. was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care and hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds 
while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh with eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles is cursors they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wind hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the cursors they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes how they twinkled, his dimples how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave to me no, I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word and went straight to his work. And he filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk laying his finger aside of his nose and giving up a nod up the chimney he rose he sprung to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle and away they flew like down of the thistle but i heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight happy christmas to all and to all a good night and to all a good night Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas from the Piggly Dog to you and your family. <laughs> and happy holidays to everyone else. Enjoy your Christmas season. <laughs> and love your family. We'll see you after Christmas. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> And thank you for spending time with us this holiday season here at the Piggly Dog. And we hope that we brought you wonderful specials and wonderful laughs for you and your family. Make sure that you look for us on social media, Piggly Dog with two G's, because we're great. 
And don't forget to hug a loved one, to say hi to a friend, and spread that holiday cheer. Because that's what we try to do here every day at the Piggly Dog.